On today's show, it's an off-season check-in with the radio play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans. We talk about him participating in the Florida Panthers summer reading tour, thoughts on the off-season, and because it's the summer, we discuss our summer hobbies. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Tuesday, August 8th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So, Cats fans, this is a, exciting, a really exciting episode that I'm very thankful to have had this conversation and very excited for all of you to listen to especially because doug is a friend of the show and he is my friend personally we talk a lot even off camera and very thankful that he was able to come on every single round throughout the panthers stanley cup run and this won't be the last time that doug plagans will be on the show but on today's show it is an off-season check-in edition with Doug Plagans and how he thinks about the Florida Panthers. And we are going to get into our summer hobbies uh, since we are in the dog days of summer. So now let's get to that conversation between myself and the play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans. And as promised, we have today's special guest here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. He was here throughout every series throughout the Florida Panthers Stanley Cup final run. And now we it is going to be a check-in edition of the show, but an off-season edition. We have the play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers through the Florida Panthers radio network, Doug Plagans. Doug, welcome back to the show. Thanks as always for having me, Armando. Always great to jump on the show, and, and I hope the summer's been treating you well. It's been treating me well. It's been uh, a, a great opportunity to travel on on my end. Uh, that's for sure. And we'll get more of definitely the summer hobbies uh, in the in the latter part of the show. But what I want to get one thing right off the bat is because I I saw uh, some of the tw- um, Twitter and Instagram posts of you participating in the Florida Panthers uh, summer reading tour just recently over the weekend. Talk talk to us a little bit about where it was how 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 you felt uh reading to the kids what and and of course what book you read to to the crowd over during the florida panthers uh, summer reading tour well i actually read two this time and it's always a lot of fun to participate in the panthers summer reading tour it's one of the great community initiatives we have and a great community partnership with the broward county library so Every summer, we're always out and about, and there are guest readers from the Panthers, uh, players and personalities, uh, going out and and doing the reading. And this year, I think we had five different stops uh, at uh, the one in Pembroke Pines a couple of weeks back. Dmitry Kulikov read to the kids at that one, and uh, Ryan Lomberg was the guest reader 
very early in the program. I think it might have been the first or second one. It might have even been the first one of this summer at the one in Sunrise uh, again, a little maybe a month or so ago. So it was great to catch up with him. Great to see the kids get to, to get out and meet members of the Panthers. And it's always fun. I always do uh, at least one or two of them every single year. It's uh, it's something we've been doing for at least five years or so by now. And it's just great to get out in the community. Great to, to see the kids, see all the buzz and the support of the Panthers and, and be able to, uh, to talk hockey with, uh, with some of the kids in the area. And I read a couple of hockey theme books. That's what we always do. They're always hockey themed, uh, children's books, but there's one about a Zamboni called I'm cool. And I've read that one. I think just about every time that I've done it. So, uh, that's kind of playing the hits. But I read one that I'd never read before. It was called Goodnight Hockey, and it had to do actually with, uh, with a, a young kid who had to go to bed before the game was over. And he listened to uh, the radio broadcast, uh, you know, in his, in his room quietly on his, on his dad's, uh, you know, little portable radio. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and again, it's just always something that we enjoy getting out and doing every summer. And it's just uh, it's great to do all the, all the different community initiatives that we have. Yeah, and if the kids are putting themselves in the position of the of the character in Goodnight Hockey, I'm sure the voice that they're hearing is Doug Plagans from the Florida Panthers Radio Network, 560 WQAM, and, and also maybe maybe that's what they're picturing as uh, they're about to go to bed the day before the game, whether they're going to the Ice Den, Pines Ice Arena, Kendall Ice Arena, you name it, and all. But great, great to see that you and along with other Florida Panthers personalities out there and just engaging even our even our friend uh, David Dwork uh, he, he we had his son at one of the at one of the stops so it's a good opportunity to to uh, to bring even the people of the media their children to these events as well yeah uh, but Bill, Bill Lindsay Bill Lindsay read at one this year he's always out at at least one or two of them every year too I know he always enjoys it and he's always so great with uh, with the kids doing the learn to play programs as well Billy's out at uh, at tons of those but yeah i can't i can't say enough about it just a great program no no doubt so let, let's get let's get to the topics that are, um that people come here definitely to listen to and that is of course the team on the ice the, the florida panthers last time we spoke we were discussing in in between uh games two two and five when when the panthers were back at home discussing our opinions uh, on where where the panthers were at that time but now a lot has happened since uh, the, the Florida Panthers. It's funny because they are they were still ranked above tops in the NHL as far as contract efficiency, their ability to continuously reset for the next season. But I want to get you, the person who is in the building and, and, of course, works for the team as well, about how you feel about how the Panthers structure their offseason. Well, I think they did a great job and, you know, going into this offseason, what they appeared to do was identify areas where they could shore up the depth. And that's exactly what they've done. And you touched on it, Armando, this team and Bill Zito, his hockey operations staff, the pro scouting department, the job that they've done over these last few seasons of whether it was identifying a player maybe that was ready for an increased responsibility, somebody like Carter Verhage, who went from kind of a, a 
a depth role, not getting a ton of minutes in Tampa to come to the Panthers and now evolving into a 40 goal scorer, which we've seen, uh, you know, or uh, or a guy who, you know, like Gus Forsling, somebody who was able to come in and had some untapped potential and the Panthers were able to tap into that, bring the best out of him. The Panthers, and like I said, Bill Zito and his staff have done a great job of either identifying guys who could benefit and further evolve, getting more responsibility, more minutes, uh, you know, or they've been able to find guys that would just thrive being put in this kind of system. I think they've been just done a great job of identifying guys that could come in here and make an impact and further develop their game. And this year they did a lot of the same things. And you look at some of the the guys that they brought in again, this was a, this was a, a free agent season where the Panthers went, you know, shopping for, for depth. They really shored up the defensive depth. They go, you know, eight, maybe more deep. And you're going to need that over the course of a season, bringing in a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson. And there's another example, a guy coming out of Vancouver. Uh, you know, this is a, a guy who can still provide big minutes, who can still play a big offensive role. And, Things didn't work out in Vancouver, signs a one-year deal here. The Panthers at the same time, obviously with some uncertainty, maybe some some injuries on the blue line. We'll wait and see once training camp and everything comes along to get a better idea of how that's going to go. But if you need somebody who can who who could step in and play 24 minutes a night, run a power play unit, for example, depending on what some of those other injuries on the Panthers look like. Oliver Ekman Larson's your guy. So it helps the Panthers in that regard because he can handle the responsibility. It helps Oliver Ekman Larson because he's coming in on a one-year deal with a ton of runway left still on his career, even though it feels like he's been around a long time. He's still got a lot of years left in this sport. And if he comes in and has a monster year, it could win him another big contract as well at some you know at some point. So that's a, that's a signing that works well for both parties. And we had a chance to talk to Oliver on our podcast territory talk. And he, he's just, he just wants to come in and win. He wants to be a part of this Panthers team. He saw what they accomplished last year and that's extremely attractive to him. Uh, We talked to Mike Riley, another veteran defenseman the Panthers brought in. He's going to be able to bring some depth as well. And he can play a good two way game. And he's a veteran guy knows his way around the rink. Same thing about Dmitry Kulikov in a little different situation there because he's been a Panther before. His last season with the Panthers was 15-16, so it's been a while, but he feels right at home coming back. This is the organization that drafted him, you know, uh, you know, years ago. So he's excited to be back. The Panthers have been able to shore up that defensive depth with some veteran guys. They've got some guys coming as well, but up front, too, bringing in a guy like Evan Rodriguez. And the, the thing that makes him attractive, especially, is He's played for good coaches. He's played for Mike Sullivan. He's played for Jared Bednar. He's played on good teams. He's played on playoff teams. And the other thing with Evan Rodriguez, his you know big breakout year came a couple of years ago where he played a big chunk of the year in Pittsburgh on a line with Sidney Crosby. He knows how to play with elite players. He plays a responsible two-way game. He's got a great one-timer, could contribute on one of the power play units, but he also knows how to play with elite guys. Wouldn't be surprised if maybe he gets a, gets a crack play in a wing with uh, with Barkov, maybe that's something that happens. And if you know he's shown the ability to play with elite guys before, and no reason to think that uh, that he couldn't do it again. You go down the list, uh, you know, a, a forward like Kevin Stenland, big centerman coming in. Bill Zito knows him well from their time in Columbus. Certainly, uh, reason to be excited about that. 
And, you know, Stephen Lawrence coming in, a veteran guy, again, knows his way around the rink. The Panthers did a good job shoring up the depth. Uh, Alex Stolarz, goaltender, wherever he slots in, whatever the Panthers goaltending looks like come opening night, uh, of course, he's a guy that, you know, kind of fits that uh, that Alex Lyon type of role that we saw last year. Obviously, Alex Lyon has, has moved on to uh, to Detroit, but uh, with with Stolarz, backed up John Gibson, had stretches where he didn't play a ton in Anaheim, but had really nice numbers when you crunch them all together. His numbers were really good over the last few years in a backup role. So a veteran guy who knows how to take care of himself, if he goes, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks where he's the backup and he's not seeing a ton of game action, you don't have to worry about him getting stale. He's a pro. He knows how to take care of himself. And when he's been called upon in his career, he's been able to uh, to really post some good numbers. And he's a big guy, too. So, uh, again, you look at what Bill Zito did, and I know I didn't touch on every name on the list, but uh, you look at what Bill Zito did over the course of this offseason – and around the edges, around the depth spots, the Panthers look like uh, look like they're ready to to continue uh, and build off what they did last year. Yeah, and and it's just consistently about making it, and at least at least going extend, even if it's not a a round one win. The fact that they're still battling and grinding throughout it, and and that sends a message to players who are upcoming free agents okay mm-hmm. this is a this is a team that i want to be a part of and you touched on the whole solars uh thing backing up gibson about sergey bobrovsky you said even on your podcast and even on this on, on this podcast that sergey bobrovsky has played his best when he's uh started consistently over over uh, over a stretch a stretch of time when he's actually in in the groove of 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 a, of a season as well, and that's really helpful. Mike, you talk about Mike Riley, who only played ten games with the Bruins, gets is going to get probably more than that with 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 the Panthers, depending on the injury situation with Ekblad and and Montour as well. But I do want to, and I wanted to Nico Mikola is another guy. I didn't even yeah. mention him, but coming in three year deal from the Rangers, he's one of those guys that. At the end of a game, you know, the, the numbers may not show up on the box score always, but he impacts the hockey game. And he is going to be somebody who could, you know, maybe maybe he slots into that Mark Stahl spot paired with Brandon Montour mm-hmm. and, you know, provides that that stable presence. The way that Brandon and Mark, because Mark was that stay at home, you know, responsible defensive guy that was able to really help Brandon thrive last year. Maybe that's where Nico steps in in a three year deal. Uh He's a guy that Bill Zito envisions to be, you know, a part of the the core moving forward, being here on a on a three year contract like that. So that's going to be a, a guy that's going to contribute in a big way, and I think fans are really going to enjoy watching him play. Yeah, and 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 a contract that's very team friendly as well mm-hmm. for for the for the team, and allows Montour to do his thing when he when he does uh, come back for sure. We're going to pause this conversation with the radio play-by-play voice of the Florida Panthers, Doug Plagans, to tell you all about our sponsor, AG1. And I started taking AG1 because even though I'm from South Florida and I love my coladas, cortaditos, cafe con leche, you name it, sometimes I need a little bit of a break from it. And that's where AG1 comes into play. And it's something that I drink literally every day. It's a natural supplement that supports my full body health. And I do it before my workout, sometimes even to start my day. And it makes me feel great after drinking AG1. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, 
Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and get a, and get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. If we're taking the Florida Panthers lens off for a little bit and we're talking about where to put our finger on every team and then you go to the Panthers, this is one of the hardest teams to predict what they could possibly do in in the in the upcoming season as far as whether they're going to jump right out the gate uh, because they have they have a whole bunch of guys who have a whole bunch of to, to prove whether it's a, a slow start once again uh, once again because of familiarity or lack thereof with some of these guys but i could also possibly see a situation where even though with with Paul Maurice being in his second year with with the with the team now the fact that there's a foundation there, and even if they're not as healthy as they are, I think there could be a possibility that the Florida Panthers could start off even better than what they were last season because you have that foundation in place. Matthew Kachuk, he spoke about that he's feeling close to 100% just recently. He's gonna be. He's gonna have a. He's likely gonna have a full training camp as as well. So where do you see as far as the the Panthers and and starting out and like. October, November, December. I think what you mentioned there with Paul Maurice going into his second year and, of course, coming off a trip to the Stanley Cup final, the guys are confident. They saw they saw the results last year. They saw the way things clicked, uh, you know, late last season. So I think you're going to see a really confident team coming out of the gate. And this is, in my mind, no doubt, one of the one of the top tier teams, one of the playoff teams in uh, in the Eastern Conference even with the potential for, you know, some key guys to, again, we, there are some timetables that we just don't know and maybe we'll get a, get some clarity come, come training camp in terms of the uh, collective health of the group. But regardless of how that plays out, I think this team's got what it takes out of the gate to, to make noise in the Atlantic division. Now that's the other thing you look at the Atlantic division. I don't know that there's a, a tougher division uh, in the national hockey league and a tougher division to really put your finger on as far as how you think things are going to play out. Because in my mind, you still have the big four in the Atlantic that look like playoff teams in no particular order, the Panthers, the lightning, Boston, Toronto, Boston, they did lose a lot. Patrice Bergeron retired. They're going to look different come next season. And, you know, you wonder, have have they, what kind of a mental bounce back will they have after that season they put together last year, only to have it come to a screeching halt in game seven of the first round. I still think they're a playoff team. You can't, you can't realistically say they're a 65 win team again because nobody had ever won 65 games before. So, so I just don't see them duplicating that. So, because that, the the other teams in the Atlantic are probably going to pick up some points that were Boston's points last year. That being said, Tampa Bay retooled a bit. I still think with Andre Vasilevsky and Netten in his prime that they're at least a playoff team in in some capacity. Toronto looks pretty similar to what they were. They may have even, even tightened some things up a little bit. They look like they're going to be a 100-point team once again. Uh, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be the case. And I see the Panthers being a playoff team again. Now, the X factors here, Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit are all better. If somebody stumbles out of the gate, there might be some catch-up that has to be played because I think that you're going to see Ottawa, Buffalo, and Detroit at minimum – 
in the race and playing important games down the stretch. I don't think we're going to see, you know, the four teams in the Atlantic safe and sound in playoff spots with uh, with a month to go in the regular season. I think those teams at least are going to push. I think this might be a year you see five teams out of the Atlantic make the playoffs. I haven't really sat down and and etched my predictions in stone just yet, but health obviously we'll see how health plays into it injuries can happen things like that but i see buffalo and ottawa both vying for a playoff spot and as far as right now is concerned i don't see detroit as being that far behind those two so you've got seven out of the eight teams in the atlantic who probably go into this season with expectations that they're going to compete for a playoff spot it's going to be an entertaining division and you're not going to be able to take a night off. And like I said, Boston's probably not going to win 65 games again. So those teams like Buffalo, like Ottawa, like Detroit, they're going to take more of the points. It's going to be a heck of a race. I think you just have to be prepared for that. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of pressure in Ottawa for sure on the coaching staff and GM, uh, with new ownership coming in. Of, of course, the health of, uh, Jacob Chikrin and Shabbat are definitely gonna definitely gonna be a factor there, and of course having Corpusala as their new goalie in town. The Buffalo Sabers there they 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 brought back a, a lot of the guys back. They even brought their uh, captain fourth liner Kyle Pozo back. But what's gonna be the goalie situation there with Dev, former Panther Devin Levi uh, there? What, what's that gonna look like as well? And Detroit having uh, Alex DeBrinket bringing him mm-hmm. into the mix uh, and and with a good team-friendly deal as well. We spoke about the Panthers' team-friendly deal, but for Alex Debrink and the Detroit Red Wings, a, team, a, a good deal for for both sides as well. Stevie Y knowing how to wheel and deal these. And on the other side of the Metro, uh, it got a little tougher with Eric Carlson now being part of the Penguins. So so that's another possibility there uh, with, uh, I think Carolina and New Jersey are in uh, as far as the Metro. Rangers, I'm not so sure. Uh, you know, the- Prior, prior to the Eric Carlson deal, I would have said that your your shoe in playoff teams in the Metro, and again, we could we could go back and replay this in six months, and we could we could be all wrong about everything. But mm-hmm. Carolina, New Jersey, and the Rangers look safe, and the Rangers. I know that you know there's been some retooling things like that, but I I do feel like those young guys at some point are going to take uh, a next step, and I feel like with Igor Shosturkin you're you're in it you're always going to be in it with with a guy like that so i i thought those would be your shoe in playoff teams eric carlson to the penguins it's it's interesting kyle dubas made he he was able to maneuver some get some money off the salary cap that probably helps them a little bit too and and this is a team that when they you know when they brought back and it was a different uh, regime but i you know when they brought back crosby and malkin and, and latang they they kind of decided they're they're going to go for it with that core for the next for the next few years and you bring in Eric Carlson and that's they're they're going really all in here for the next for the next few years and they were able to move some money off the books to maybe give them some flexibility some some room to you know figure some other things out but that's going to be a really dangerous team and the thing with the Pittsburgh Penguins I know they were they were the team they're the team the Panthers got in on that last week of the season the Penguins are the team that's been on, under the microscope for you know, maybe missing an opportunity there at the end because they had two games yep. in the final week against Chicago and Columbus and and they and they weren't able to do anything with it. And there's no doubt that that is has haunted them, uh, you know, going into the into the offseason. If they get a healthy Tristan Jari, who is at the top of his game, that 
now you throw Eric Carlson into the mix, assuming it all gels. Mike Sullivan's done a really good job over his tenure getting pieces to fit when they've had injury bugs, when they've called guys up. His system just seems to really uh, – he really seems to always have a knack for, for getting the pieces to fit in. Eric Carlson is a very unique player, one of the most unique players that we've seen in the league in the last you know, 10, 15 years. But I think a lot of it goes to Tristan Jari. If they get good goaltending because they, you know, they they went back and, and brought back Tristan Jari. When he's been on top of his game, that's a guy that people have pointed to and said, you know what, if uh, if if the NHL players went back to the Olympics, that might be Team Canada's goalie. You know, mm-hmm. the, the way he's when he's looked at the top of his game, if they get healthy, you know, a game Tristan Jari. That might be a playoff team in the Metro, which could make things even tougher on that cluster of teams in the Atlantic. Uh, So, again, it's the Eastern Conference is a gauntlet. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it's tough to call. I mean, how often do you go into a season where it's tough to say who the favorite is in in either division? Uh, Mm. You know, you can make the case for three teams on each side winning a division. Yes, no doubt. And uh Definitely, it makes it interesting, even though the Pittsburgh Penguins are a little bit on the older mm-hmm. side. Uh, I, I just wonder how many games Igor starts for the for the New York Rangers with a with a with a guy in Jonathan Quick on the la, on the on the twilight of his uh, career. So that that's why I'm very iffy just about the amount of starts Igor Sesterkin will will get, which makes it a little confusing there we're going to take a break from our conversation with the radio play-by-play voice of the florida panthers doug plagans we are going to continue this conversation after this commercial break i want to i want to take this opportunity to transition away from the hockey talk we got our our fill in as far as that but i want to with it being the summer and not no moves expected at least from the time of this recording around 2 p.m on a monday this will be airing on on a on a tuesday just to talk a little bit about our summer activities that we that we like to do and that we have done over the years the very first time that you joined the show was actually in the summer of 2021 going going into the president's trophy winning season for the for uh the panthers and we had our our metal uh music segment where we spoke about like what we the bands that we've saw seen in our past this weekend doug i got the opportunity to see disturbed and breaking benjamin this week as as they were touring around florida uh so and next month i will be seeing Avenged sevenfold for the very first time in 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 concert i will be seeing them in at the west palm beach mm-hmm. amphitheater but are there any shows uh or any or what are any recent bands that Doug is on Doug Plagans' uh, Spotify? Well, I'm hoping to get out to one of those Avenged Sevenfold shows somewhere. Uh, that's to be determined. We'll see if schedule-wise I'm able to able to make it work. But uh, I'm hoping to get out to one of those. I've seen them a handful of times over the years and uh, actually had a chance to see them uh, with the Rev when he was still with oh, them man. Uh, a long time ago. One of the one of the one of the most brilliant musicians of, of recent, of recent uh, history. So uh, again, I've had a chance to see them a, a handful of times over the years and they're always outstanding. So you will, you will enjoy it. So uh, I have no, have no doubts about that. If you're going in with high expectations, keep those expectations high because you're, you're going to, uh, you're going to enjoy it. Uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten out to a, a good metal show here in a while. I, I went to a punk festival at the end of June, 
up in Columbus. So I saw a lot of my favorite bands there. Um, no effects headline both days. It's kind of their, their farewell run, uh, which I'm not exactly sure when it's going to end, but they've said that it's going to. So, uh, it was, I just figured I had, had the time, I had a chance to go and I just booked the flight and went up to Columbus and, uh, and went to that. But I saw a lot of bands that I really like mustard plug, less than Jake descendants strung out, uh, you know, just a, a lot of really cool bands there over the course of two days. And, um, so that was the that's the festival that I was able to get out to, and uh, I did see Blink uh, at, when they were at FLA Live Arena not too long ago. So I had a chance to see that, and uh, I'm hoping I can get out and see uh, Offspring and and Sum 41 when they're on this run that they're on here coming up. So uh, I'm hoping I get a chance to get to one of those dates as well. But uh, but that's kind of what I have as far as the as far as the music goes currently on the docket and and stuff that I've been able to been I that I've been able to see and and that I want to get out and see at some point. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. Blink-182, that that was when they came over here. That was a time of a lot of busyness. It was like during D-Camp. We spoke all about with the prospects yep. about how how they uh, heard it from their parents. I'm like, oh, no. And I turned 30 in October. So I'm just like, oh, no. It, I'm getting I'm getting to that point in, in my life when it comes to Blink-182's popularity and then going down to other generations. Unfortunately, I was not at either of the shows in South Florida nor Tampa, but definitely want to uh, – catch them and i'm uh i caught I them to- twice i cut we 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 saw them in toronto the night before game five um because we were we were close to the arena where we were staying and <laughs> they great. happened to be there that night so um uh, me and and our uh our video producer dave courtney who travels on the road with us with the panthers uh he and i just bought a cup you know jumped online bought a couple of tickets and and walked over and went because we were close. It was right there. We figured, why not? So I caught him in Toronto, and then I caught him here in Sunrise as well. That, that that's amazing. What uh, what amazing scheduling that that came that came about, about for twice, you? Twice this season, once during the playoffs, and then actually the first road trip of the season. Uh, the night before we were in Boston, it was the first time the Panthers and Bruins played. So we're talking back in October. It was a Sunday night, and Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction played at the uh at td garden where the bruins play so happened to catch them uh that night is catch a show that night as well so that was, i remember you took a picture from your seat the exact location before morning skate and yes. where you sat i remember yeah I, I remember that so just a lot of credit goes to the arena crews that do all these changeovers as well and i and when i was doing a show after game four of the stanley cup final i was actually seeing the changeover as it was going on as i was recording my show so a little bit, little got to see a little bit of, of the the hard work that those people. Yeah, don't do. ever take for granted the work of the arena changeover crews, especially in some of these places. You think about it, um, Crypto.com specifically. I would say the former Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena, where they've got two NBA teams and an NHL team, and you know, and concerts, and I believe they have the WNBA there. And right. I mean, they've got they've got everything going on in that building. Um, it's, it's rare to have a dark night in that building where there's nothing going on. And I've been there before when we had a, an afternoon game against the Kings and I'm sitting there doing my post game show. And all of a sudden I looked up 15 minutes later and it, it looks like we're there for a Clippers game. They get it, they get it changed over. I'm not kidding. It's, they do it lightning quick and the work that these, these crews do around the league. And especially the, uh, on top of that, the, the crews that manage the ice 
in these multi-purpose facilities. It, it takes a lot and it takes a lot of science and it takes a lot of, uh, you know, uh, attention to detail to make sure that regardless of what playing surface you have down or what kind of event surface you have down, everything is, is meeting the expectations and the specifications. The, the arena changeover crews deserve a ton of credit. No doubt. And, uh, I happened to go to the inside of the arena when they were taking the ice off uh, after uh, after the locker room cleanout day, and I just wonder. I just wonder what the electric bill for the arena is during the summer when the ice isn't on there at FLA Live Arena versus during the season. Of course, you don't have to keep it at a certain temperature throughout the throughout the the day as well to keep the ice uh, where it is. So I, yeah, I, it's not the eighty bucks that I pay here in my apartment. Yeah, so that that's actually a very good electric bill for you, Doug. It's uh, it's probably like maybe triple, quadruple. Well, this time of the year, it's probably give or take. It's a little a little higher, but I'd say on average, that's where. Yeah. Where so. Yeah, it's been, it's been hot lately. So yeah, I've had the AC going a little, working a little harder lately. Yes, uh, but one in once October comes, that'll be going right right mm -hmm. back down for you for for sure. So, but definitely not at the rates that the arena in Broward County have to deal with for for sure. But, Doug. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Very thankful to have you once again here. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. Yeah, I'm always available online uh, on Twitter, if we can still call it Twitter, uh, at Doug Plagans. Uh, on Instagram, uh, at Doug Plagans, you can find me there. Uh, all the different uh, social channels like that. And then, of course, uh, once the season starts, you can listen to every Panthers game. 560 WQAM is our flagship home. If you're in the Palm Beaches, 1230 The Gambler. If you're in the Florida Keys, uh, 100.3 Thunder Country. If you have Sirius XM, channel 932 on your Sirius XM app. A lot of you may not even realize that if you have a Sirius XM subscription, you may not even realize that on the Sirius XM app, there is one channel. Every major league sports team has one. But channel 932 is always the Panthers game and it's always our broadcast. And you can't get that on the car console. You can only get that's that's only on your app, but it is there. And if you're not sure, I know in the fall things get crowded. If there's a broadcast conflict, if we wind up on a different station down here in Miami-Dade and Broward County, the NHL app, it's always free to listen there. That takes all the guesswork out of it. You can always go to the NHL app and you can find us uh, right there. There's that headphone icon and, and off you go. Awesome. Thank you so much, Doug. And I hope to see you next time, my friend. Thanks as always for having me. We'll talk to you soon. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steve Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. They can make the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Every day we will be back here on Wednesday, and you know what that means. It is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show, so make sure you come back here for as Jacob Winans will be back on the show. So I'm Armando Velez with Doug Plagans, and you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. <laughs>